We are in Chagiga Yegimel Amar Aleph in the Art School Gemara is at the very end of 13A6. The recording today is going to go through different aspects of the Maisim Merkava, of the vision that Yechesel has in the very beginning of the book of Yechesel in the first chapter. And the Gemara is going to go through some of those details. So the Gemara asks, My Chashmal. In the last recording, we had the word chashmal and how the word chashmal, if understood properly, could, uh, in the story that we just had, it was understood properly and it caused a, a fire to consume the one that was studying this. It was just uh, so powerful. So my chashmal, what does the word chashmal mean? Now, in modern day Hebrew, chashmal means electricity. So it's, it's not what it means... In this context, although maybe it stems from this context, and then applied a little differently to a modern-day usage. But what is chashmal? So the first explanation is that it stands for the following. Chayos eish memalos. The ches is chayos, the shin is eish, and then mal is memalos. Means, it means that the chayos, the angels that are speaking fire. Eish memalos is that they are speaking fire. There's another explanation, where I'm now... 13b1, in the Brisa, it is taught, itim chashos, itim memalos. Chash means to be quiet, mal is to speak. Sometimes <coughs> they speak, these chayos, these angels, and sometimes they are quiet. Bishasha, deeper yotzimi, because chashos. When Hashem is talking, so then they are quiet. Bishasha, deeper yotzimi, because chashos. But when Hashem, when God is not talking, so then they would speak. It would be their time to speak. Now, the Gemara gets into another phrase that's found in this prophecy. The Chayos go Ratzov They go run to and they return, like the appearance of the Bazak. My Ratzov What does it mean that they ran to and then came back? There is a Hasidic thought that uses the phrase Ratzov a lot. That they go run, 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 and then they come back. For angels, it's that they run into. To, to this world to fulfill their mission, but then they get too connected to the physical world that they have to run back. But the Gemara asks, what does it mean, Ratzav to run to and from? Amr of Yehudak or It's analogous to a flame, that, like a spark of flame that comes from the opening of a furnace. My Kamari Bazak, what does it mean, like the appearance of the Bazak? What is the Bazak? Amr Barchanina, it's also like a flame, or Bain Hacharasim, it's a flame. That comes from shards, from shards. It's this flame, which is like a flicker, a flicker of a flame. Um, the Gemara now goes on to another verse. It says in the verse, I saw there was a stormy wind coming from the north, from Babel, from Babylon. A great cloud with flashing, a flashing fire like uh, lightning, and a brilliance surrounding it, and from its midst, like the color of the chashmal, from the midst of the fire. So there was this stormy wind that was coming from Bavel. He used the term like uh, lightning. That it was this uh, flash of lightning. Uh, there's in other contexts where there's an idea that uh, we should be, we should always. Uh, we have a comparison to lightning that we should be inspired like lightning, that we have lightning, which are moments of inspiration. It comes and it goes. 
But we have to take those moments and then continue them because that the inspiration doesn't last forever. It just comes and it goes. But the, the, the real test is not just to be inspired, but to run with it, to take it and have it apply on a day-to-day basis. And also, where does the stormy wind go to? So Amar of Yehudam Rav, an interesting idea. Rav says, we're talking about Babel here. The king of Babel is Nebuchadnezzar, who we discussed in a previous recording from this page. The entire world was conquered by Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar conquered the entire world. And that's the storm that's coming from Babel. He conquered the entire world, including the Jewish people of the Kokach Lama. Why was it necessary for, for Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babel, of Babylon, to conquer the entire world? An important point, So that the nations of the world don't say that Hashem put us into the hands of lowly enemies. No, if we're going to be put into the hands of enemies, these are going to be enemies who are, who are of the top. They, they've conquered everybody else as well. And so that's why Hashem allowed Nebuchadnezzar to conquer the entire world, so that the non-Jews, so that the nations of the world won't say that the Jews... Are being uh, are being put into the hands of a lowly nation. They're being put into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, who's in control of everybody. And so, similarly, it says allegorically, Amar Baruch Hashem says, "Mi shamish over the psilim who who caused me to assist Nebuchadnezzar, this uh, evil person." It was the sins of the Jewish people. It was only because of the sins of the Jewish people that that uh, they were forced uh, forced Hashem to punish. The Jewish people said that they are conquered. And so Hashem assists Nebuchadnezzar not just to to uh, conquer Israel, the Jewish people, but also to conquer the rest of the world uh, together with them. Moving on to 13b2. Other psukim that are found, other verses that are found in this prophecy. I saw the chayos, the angels, and there was an Ophan, there was one of the one of the uh, there was Ophan on the earth with the Chayos, as if there's a part of it on the earth and part of it with the Chayos with the angels in the heavens. There was one angel who was uh, so so tall that it's, he stood on the ground and he reached all the way to the heavens where these angels, these Chayos were. Again, these are not to be taken literally. It's taught in a brisa. There's a, there's a deeper meaning behind all these. The name of this angel is Sandalfon. He's taller than all of his uh, all of his friends, all the other angels, by a, a journey of 500 years. The amount of time by uh, he's, he's taller than them by a journey of 500 years. He stands behind the chariot and he weaves crowns. For his maker. And Tosus, the classic commentator, explains that he would weave crowns, means that these, the, where do these crowns come from? They come from the prayers of the righteous. The prayers of the righteous are the ones that create these crowns. Again, these are not physical crowns. And so he would make these crowns for Hashem. Where asks, is this true that he could make a crown for Hashem? It says that blessed is the glory of Hashem from his place. It's his place. So no one else can know where his place is. It's only Hashem's place. So how does he give a crown to Hashem? So the Gemara gives two answers. Sorry, Gemara gives one answer. The Amar Shem Atagra Ba'azal Yasev Beresha. He says 
the name on the, uh, the, the Hashem's name upon the crown, and it goes by itself, and it's not that this angel gives it to Hashem, so to speak, because we don't know where Hashem's place is, but he says the name of Hashem, and the crown just goes on its own to, to Hashem. Okay, there are other versions as well for this, but we will, we will go on. Alma Rava, Rava now says, there were two prophecies that had a very similar, uh, prophecy of this image of the chariot. One was seen by Yechezkel, the other one was seen by the prophet Yeshaya. And they both recorded, but Yechezkel is the, the famous one because he records it in great detail. Yeshaya doesn't have it in great detail. And the Gemara now says, Amar Rav, Rav says, They saw the same exact thing, both Yechezkel and Yeshaya. So, who is Yechezkel compared to with Ben Farshirah To a villager, somebody from the village who saw the king. Who is Yeshaya compared to with Ben Farshirah to somebody from the city who, who sees the king. It's trying to explain why Yechezkel wrote down so much details of his prophecy and Yeshaya did not. And so it's something to do with the fact that Yechezkel was from the village and Yeshaya was from the city. So you can explain this in, in a few ways. One way is to say that Yeshaya is from the city. He has, he has close connections with the king. And so to see this prophecy wasn't... Uh, a, as super of a wonder as it was for Yechesel. And so Yechesel felt the need when Yechesel saw it, so he was from the village. He'd never seen a king. So for him, it was really uh, uh, quite, a, quite a prophecy. And so he detailed, he wrote every detail down. He felt the need to write every detail down. Alternatively, you could explain that it's not for themselves that they felt the need, but it's for who they're talking to. Yeshaya was, was talking to people who, they saw the wonders of Hashem. And so... And so he didn't feel the need to express every single detail. Yechazko was during the time of, of uh, the destruction, and so he, he felt the need to describe every detail. Otherwise, they wouldn't necessarily believe him to, to know that there's such a, such a prophecy. And so he had to go and explain every single detail. Okay, we have the following teaching as we continue. Amar Lakish. Reish Lakish says, My dersiv... This is nothing. What is the meaning of the following verse, which is not found with regards to this prophecy, but it is found in last week's parsha. It's found in the parsha within the, the Torah portion of the Az Yashir, of the singing of the Az Yashir that they would sing after the splitting of the sea, of the Red Sea, when the Jews were in the desert. It says, Ashir Hashem ki I shall sing a song to Hashem, for he is exalted above the exalted. What does it mean that Hashem is exalted above the exalted? Shira Lamish and Iskayal I should sing a song for he who exalts himself upon, upon the exalted, the Amar It is stated, Ari. The king of the beasts is the is sorry, the king of the beasts is the lion. Malashabahemos sure. The king of the livestock of the Behemos is the ox. Melashabovos Nasher, the king of the birds is the eagle. The Adam is God land, and man is above them. And Hashem is even above man, above all of them. And is exalted above the entire world. So the Gemara now comes back to the different verses that are found within this prophecy. They bring a contradiction. One verse says, There are two different verses that discuss the images that are found on this chariot. One time that it's mentioned, it says a, four, fa- uh, four faces, a human face, a lion's face, and a short ox's face, and an eagle's face. The next time it says it, it has three of the same ones, the, the person 
the lion and the eagle, but it replaces the ox for the kruv. It replaces an ox for the kruv. So how do you explain this contradiction? We'll also explain what a kruv is in a minute. So Amar Yishlakesh Yishlakesh says, no, Yechazkel B'Kei Shalav Rachem. Yechazkel asked mercy from Hashem. V'hafchel a kruv. And he switched it to a kruv because the ox represents the eagle hazav, the sin of the golden calf. And so he didn't want that to 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 be a defender. Amar Lefanov, Yechazkel said to Hashem, Rebona Shalom, Hashem, Master of the Universe, Katigor Yasis Hanegor, the ox, who's the prosecutor, he's going to act in defense of the Jewish people. The chariot represents uh, chesed. It's going gonna, it's gonna to act in defense of the, of the Jewish people. Rather, we should change the ox. It was changed because of Yechazel's request to a kruv. What is a kruv? So they were asked, my kruv. It's referring to the, a child. They were asked, how can we be referring to a child? We said, the verse said that there are four images that are found on the chariot. One is a kruv, which right now we're explaining as a child. The second one is the the image of a face of a person. But if a kruv is a the face of a child who is a person, so then why would it repeat it? It should just say that there are two images of the same thing. So the answer is no. There's two different Faces, there's the face of an adult, and then there's the face of a small child. So those were two of the four. The Gemara now continues, and it says, One verse says that the angels had six wings, another verse says that they had four wings. What's the, how do you explain this contradiction? One is when the base of Mikdash uh, was around. One is when the base of Mikdash was destroyed. After it was destroyed, it was originally six, and then they took two away. It's as if the wings were reduced, so to speak. Again, this is not to be taken literally for all these, but it's as if the wing, two of the wings were reduced. There's one explanation that these six wings represent these six different uh, major categories of of uh, Torah study, of Torah law, in which the different Gemaras are broken down into within those six categories, and that the two, some explain that the two that were missing after the destruction of the Mikdash have to do with the Karbanos, the sacrifices, which we no longer have, or Taros, the laws of purity and impurity, which are no longer applicable because we no longer go into these into the Mikdash, into these places of Kedusha, of holiness. And so those are the two wings that we lost. And in this track date, we're going to have both. We, in the beginning, we discussed a lot about the laws of sacrifices. And towards the end, we're going to get to the laws of Tumah and Tahara, purity and impurity. So, Haiminayu Imaut, the Gemara now asks, which wings were reduced? There were two by the face, there were two by the feet, and two in the middle. For to fly, Amar of Hananel, Amar Rav, we're now in 13b4. Rav says, Osen Shomo Shira Behen, the ones which were used to sing song, the Siv Hacha, it says with two they would fly and they would call each other to say holy, holy, holy. You cast your eyes upon it and it is gone. And so there's a connection here between these two terms to tell us that the wings that are used for flying were the wings that would uh, disappear. So the ones that were used uh, for flying and song, those were the ones that disappeared just before the destruction of the base of Migdash. So that's one opinion. It was in the middle. 
these middle wings. And there's another explanation for Rabbanon Amri Osan Shemechasus Behen Raglehem. It's the wings that cover their legs. It's not the middle ones, but it's the bottom ones. Shenem Raglehem Regel Yeshara. It says that their legs were a straight leg, that they were able to see the legs. The wings usually cover the legs, but the fact that they were able to see it shows that these wings were missing. Thingmar says, if if it wasn't removed, the bottom wings, so then how would Yechasla know what the legs looked like? It must be that they were removed. So Thingmar says, no. Maybe it was just revealed to him that the wings moved uh, for a moment, but not that they were com- they were permanently removed. And the Gemara proves this. It also says that the face was like a human face, and the face also had wings covering it. So it must be that it was just it was revealed momentarily, just uh, temporarily for for a short time period. So Hachanami Dimait. Rather, it must be that it was just momentarily revealed. But it doesn't mean that the legs were the wings of the legs were permanently removed. So it's a question on that opinion that says that the, le- the wings of the legs were removed. So the more answer is no. But it says no. It makes sense for a face. It makes sense. It's proper. Etiquette to uncover the one's face before before another when it was shown to Yechezkel, but it's not proper to uncover the feet. So the fact that he was able to see the feet must be that it wasn't just temporarily, that's not proper. It must be that the wings were permanently removed. And those last two, those two wings by the legs were removed. There's an explanation that's given that these six wings on each wing represents a different word from the phrase Baruch, Shem, Kavod, Malchusol, Le'olam, Va'ed. The blessed is the name of the honor of his kingdom, le'olam ve'ed, for all of eternity. And each wing has, there are six words here, each wing uh, represents a different word. And so if you explain, like the first explanation that says that the middle part was removed, so then it would be the words, kvod machuso, the honor of his kingdom, because through the destruction of Bismillah, we no longer have that honor of the kingdom not nearly to the same degree. We don't have that honor of Hashem, and so therefore those were removed. According to the second explanation, that it was the legs that were removed, it's the last words, the last two words, the Lamba Ed, that blessed is Hashem and the honor of His kingdom, but it's not for all of eternity, because we don't have that forever. It's not, it's, it, it wasn't for all of eternity. We no longer have that level of Kvod Malchuso, of the honor of His kingdom. Okay, the Gemara will continue with other other statements from the prophecy of Yechezkel, and we will continue that in the next recording.